Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from our guest speaker. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or our website for ways to give. I just really believe that God's doing something special with Gen Z right now. Do you believe that? It's so, it's so profound what God's doing. I know many of you have seen Asbury, you know, the whole revival breaking out, a move of God, awakening, whatever you want to call it. But God's doing something so special with young people. And if you're in this place, I encourage you, bring a friend on this Sunday coming up. Um, I'm really excited because the leader of our missions organization, John Kim, uh, he just moved his organization to Florida. I'm going to share a little bit about why we're in Florida, because many of you know that we were in Kona at a mission space with YWAM. But he just moved his ministry to Florida, and God began to speak that he wants to make, create a new missions base. And Alan Hood, I don't know if you know the name Alan Hood, he was one of the leaders of IHOP. He started the uh, university at IHOP. He's just a father in the faith. God spoke to him to move to Florida. God spoke to us to move to Florida. God spoke to a couple groups of people to come, and we're all just sitting there kind of hungry, ministering to Jesus weekly, doing the same things we were doing, going and training and sending, and uh, we have a school coming up in May, and Sunday we're going to be talking about that, but more than talking about that or mobilizing young people, we want to invite anyone who has a prompting to go into the nations to come and get marked where we're living, Um, because there's something special happening. How many of you know When you get with a group of people that want everything that Jesus has, and they're burdened for his heart, but also for the nations, he does something special. And uh, you can't go into missions without getting God's burden for missions, because you'll do it in your own strength. And so we're just super excited for Sunday. We're going to be sharing about the school. Um, And then the best part about Sunday is that we have a friend named Peter Shue coming. I don't know if you uh, know about the book called Heavenly Man, right, Kimmy? heavenly man, but there is a, uh, a story about a man named Brother Yoon. He's famous now, but he was in prison multiple times, beaten for the gospel. Many times he's known to be a, a serious catalyst in the underground church movement in China. Uh, his mentor, who actually was in prison with him, is going to be sharing testimony on Sunday. He will be here. He's, uh, yeah, come on, give God praise. This is crazy. I want to I want to just give you a little warning about it, but also I want to encourage you that this might be culturally different for you, but what he's going to be doing, he's Chinese and he has a translator, but what he's going to be doing, he's going to be sharing what God did when he was in prison and gotten beaten for Jesus. And I don't know, I don't know if you understand, but people are still giving everything for Jesus. I don't know if you know that, but there's people all over the world that right now are in prison they're, they're, they're living for Jesus in a place where they can't sing out loud. They can't talk to people about the gospel. And we're over here just enjoying the fruit of what God's done in America. But he's going to come this weekend, and we're going to hear about God's heart for the nation. So I just encourage you to bring somebody and just get excited for this Sunday. Because I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to host my friends, and uh, it's going to be a great time. So you excited too? Amen. Could, could someone grab me just a water bottle to have? I, uh, I'm so excited to come. I, I wanted to share before we pray and get into our Bible reading for this morning, I wanted to share that this weekend, uh, this time last weekend, uh, I had a, a profound dream uh, 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 where I was laying hands on people at Providence. And um, <sighs> thanks, man. I needed that. I'm already getting touched. Woo! In my dream, um, 
In my dream, I felt like God said he wanted to anoint priests and intercessors today. I didn't know what to do with the dream, but I woke up really excited, and I just began to kind of take it to the Lord, and then Nathan called me on Tuesday and said he wanted me to speak, and so I got excited because how many of you know Jesus really talks to us? We don't, we don't, we don't come to this place to worship some force or some feeling. We come here for a man who died on a cross, and he wants relationship and intimacy with you and I. And I, I, don't, I don't know lately fully what God's doing with our life, but we've been in a season where God just said, surrender it all again. And so we were serving YWAM Kona. We tried to move to the nations many times. Many of you know, we had our visas at one point and had $5,000 worth of stuff in South Africa. God redirected our plans, and he just redid it again. But what I know now is that God's making things clear for us of what he's been building in us. But I can tell you right now that the main thing God's done in me for the last four years is teach me how to pray. And he's, he's begun to show me his heart in ways that I just, I want you guys to get today. And I want to humbly submit something to you this morning. This isn't a, this isn't a condescending word. There's nothing to this that, that is like, oh, I'm here and you're there. It's not that kind of a thing. I, I felt the Lord say there's an invitation for some hungry ones this morning. And I know last week you guys had a great time in the Lord's presence, but how many of you know that there's a moment to soak and then there's a moment to go? There's a moment to sit with God, and then there's a moment to get your marching orders and stand up and take responsibility for this thing. Amen? So, before we get in, I just want to pray that God would meet us, because I, um, yeah, I feel like he's been speaking about this all week, and I came into prayer this morning, even in the side room, and I just couldn't, I couldn't shake just the sense that God had something special for this place. If you want that, I just want to invite you this morning. Get off your phone. This isn't about the music behind me. This is about an invitation to the heart of a man who loves you so much. Jesus, I ask this morning that loving you would, would not be weird anymore. Lord, that loving on you God, would not be something that's just for Philip and the band and the right leader on the stage, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I thank you that there's so much more to this Christian life than many of us give you, God. And Lord, there's an invitation into greater glory this morning. Greater glory, what do I mean? Greater love. Lord, a greater love that no man would lay down his life than for the greatest love that he's tasted. And God, I thank you for this table that we've come to this morning. Lord, would you show us what it's actually done for the call of a believer today, God? Lead my words, Holy Spirit. Let me get out of the way, Jesus. And I thank you for this house, and I honor Nathan and Philip and their sacrifice for these people. Amen. You can already tell that I'm a little messed up. So I'm going to do my best here, but 
just to start things off, I've seen so many, so many of you here this morning that I miss. And I just want to say David and just many of you guys that love you so much. It's so good to see you guys. And I'm excited for what God's doing here because many of you know I spent four or five years contending for a move of God here and loving on youth. And so Tom, proud of you, man, and I love this place. I want us to open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. It's a beautiful scripture. When you're there, say, hey, now. If you're there, 1 Peter 2, say, hey, now. Oh, come on. Some of you got to get a little vocal this morning. I know, I know, I know. I'm just warning you. Ready? Are you there? Hey, now. Come on now. That's it. First Peter 2, I want to read it. First Peter 2, verse 9 through verse 10, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people that belong to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had, been, once you had not received mercy, but now you received mercy. I just want to read that last part again. Once you, have received, once you had not received mercy, now you received mercy. Did you know that Jesus in heaven sits at the right hand of the Father, and he has all power and all dominion to do whatever he wants, but he will not force you to love him with the affections of your heart? What does that mean? It means that God can do things in your life through Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus in Romans 8 is the great intercessor who stands before the Father on our behalf at all times, contending for our breakthrough, contending for our lost family members, contending for our families, right? But Jesus will not act on your free will to love him. He's looking for voluntary love. Woo! That just sets someone free. I just feel it. So what does that mean? It means that when there is a real desire in our hearts to love Jesus with all of our hearts and do that through everything that we have, through everything we do at our jobs, in our families, all these things out of love at the church before you come Sunday, out of this voluntary love, that's what gives him the most glory. And I think the desire of my heart this morning is I want us to get what it means to be a priest before God. But until I share about that and before I share about that, you have to understand that voluntary love is the greatest desire of the heart of Jesus for you and I. And so his desire, Nathan has said this many times, I know it, is for the affections of our heart. One more time, what does that mean? It means basically that Jesus doesn't need to raise up more leaders. He wants to raise up more lovers. And it's only until you can learn to love the Lord properly with your mouth, with your actions, with others in the body of Christ, it's only until that moment that he can then get full glory from your life and give you the direction to be a leader. And so there's this actually this pull and, and this our whole life, our, all my affections, all my devotions, are they to Jesus, are they to other things? And we live in this place, but God's actually given us victory over this. 
We're not, we don't need to be a stand-between in the pain. We're meant to be a stand-between as an intercessor and a priest. And so God's actually given us identity in Christ called a priest. Now, when you think of priest, you might think of maybe somebody with, you know, like a half-shaved head. I don't know who wears like this big suit. You know, I don't know, like a, like a robe. I know I wore my, my long flannel today just because I, I live in Florida now and it's cold up here. But, uh, but I wasn't planning on wearing this to speak, but, you know, maybe I was, you know, just give you a little, this is my priestly robe, my priestly garment. But, you know, we have this image, especially today in the church, I think of like priests, like what? Like I don't want to be a priest. Like what does that mean? And why, why, why do we need to talk about it? Well, excuse me. In the Bible, God, in the beginning, in Exodus, he, he had a plan of how people, and setting apart a plan to set apart a certain group of people to be priests. And what they did, they were a stand between, between the things of this earth and the things of heaven. Just like Jesus is now, but they, they had a role before the, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if you, if you can go with me just kind of in your minds to Exodus, you know, many of us remember the story of, of uh, Moses coming down off the mountain, bringing the Ten Commandments. And uh, Moses actually gave an invitation at that time to a people who had another lover. Does anyone remember what it was? What, was, what did they create at the bottom of the mountain? A golden calf. And so this was an idol of their heart. They literally said, we've seen the power of God. We've seen the waters part. They just come out of Egypt. We've seen an anointing from heaven with all this lightning and Moses getting thrown around, all this stuff. But we still don't think that Jesus, God, excuse me, we still don't think that God is worthy of all of our life and that he's going to kind of fulfill the longing of everything we need. So we want to do something else and worship that. And so they created this calf. I'm getting off on other things. But what happened is, there was an invitation at that time when Moses came down to a group of people that wanted to be set apart and who wanted to be, and his invitation was, who wants to carry the holiness of the Lord and be the stand between on behalf of all of us? And only the Levites rose up and said, we want to do this. And many of you might know about the Levites. I'm just going to give you a quick understanding. The Levites were a set apart group of people when uh, when the land and the inheritance was split up uh, in, the, in the Israelites and in, in uh, Numbers and into Deuteronomy, what happened is you see that all the groups of people, Benjamin, the tribes, they all got rewards and inheritances when it comes to land and, you know, uh, amount of ox or whatever the thing is. But what happened for the Levites is they didn't get a, an inheritance that was an earthly inheritance. They got a kingdom inheritance and they got this satisfaction and this joy that comes from the presence and the nearness of God. And I just, I love that we took communion this morning because, because First Peter tells us that we are now priests. And because of the blood of Jesus on the cross, now the temple of the Lord is in us. What am I saying? Well, the Levites, they had to go before God in a tabernacle, and they would take the things, the sin, the bad things from people, and they would have to go into the Holy of Holies before the veil, and they would have to offer sacrifices to the Lord on the, you know, the incense and all the things. But now because of Jesus dying on the cross, the Bible says that we have been invited into that inheritance. We have been given the same calling, and there's no more veil. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? There's no more veil. So there, there's, no more, there's no more hindrance to the presence and to the glory of God. And we don't need someone to go before Jesus in the presence of God. We can be the someone. Right? And so this is our inheritance. 
Someone say, this is my inheritance. Come on, say it again. Say, this is my inheritance. I think it's exciting. I think it's great. You know, so just, just, just to touch on this one more time, the Levites were the stand between. They were those that made offerings to the Lord from the people of God and sacrifices on others' behalf. And I just believe God wants to show us how to live that out this morning briefly, and then I believe the Lord wants to touch some people in a fresh way. And uh, I'm excited, so I'm going to kind of blow through this. Sometimes I talk fast, but hold on, all right? I just want to read another scripture. It's 1 Corinthians six nineteen, and Paul tells us that your body is now the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says, you are the dwelling. Whoo! I'm going to need a good deep breath right there. You're the dwelling. And so that's Providence Sunday morning isn't the dwelling, right? You're the dwelling. So that means his presence, you're a priest. That means you're the stand between. Romans 8, 38 says that Jesus sits at the right hand of God to make intercession for us, and he's looking for partnership. That's good. So anything you want, you have an intercessor before you to access the things of heaven and for you to see them on the earth, in your own lives, in your families, at your jobs. And now you have this, this inheritance. Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. I know I'm blowing through these. Just stick with me and maybe listen. Don't worry about reading it in your own Bible. But Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living opened way up for us through the curtain that is his body. Woo. And since we have a great high priest over us in the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart, day in and day out, I added that, and with the full boldness that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience that we had and bringing our bodies into a washed state with pure water. Let us hold unswaveringly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Praise the Lord. Now, I was praying for this morning, and I was like, Lord, we could go a lot of ways with this word, but I really believe God wants to mark some people. And I felt like the Lord had just shared with me to share a few practicals of how this looks, share a testimony, and then have us have a time of ministry. And so, the practicals of this are, I wrote down, the, I think the greatest thing we have to remember is that as believers, we have a sacrifice of praise. We have a place of ministry unto the Lord. And we actually have what God has wanted us to have. It's inside of us. And I think that one of the things God's been teaching my wife and I, and we've been a part of a prayer culture for many years, but I don't know some of your backgrounds or different things, but one of the beautiful things about some of these places like International House of Prayer and some of these things in the missions movement that have a prayer room, praise God, you have a prayer room. Woo, so excited. I'm excited for my buddy Nick who's here and others who love Jesus and love prayer. But what God's been showing us is that there's this lifestyle that we're all called to live where we are continually making sacrifices unto the Lord. It's not a religious, weird thing. It's actually the affections of our heart. And so when we live in a lifestyle of love, there's actually something God wants every believer to do. And it's not this ritualistic thing or this pain. It's this thing that you see and you say, I've been loved, and I, I can't remember what I've done. I just want to give everything to Jesus. And then you find yourself, you know, daily at a place of offering your heart to him in, in a way that's from this responsive love. And so 
I know that for my wife and I, what this looks like in this season is God's been challenging us to get in the prayer room. God's been challenging us to, with our group of people, have a couple prayer sets. You know, I was praying for this morning. I love this prayer room. I had a vision of some of you, you know, the Lord touching some of you today and saying, you know, with what I've spoken over you, let's get in that prayer room together and let's go after your job. Let's go after families for a night. Cammie and I, we have weekly, whatever, whatever, uh, whenever you think about what Jordan and Cammie are doing, most of the time we're at a prayer room and one of us is on worship, one of us is dancing, one of us is praying with our group of people that we love, they'll be here. But we're not doing anything that makes us more spiritual. We're just uh, responding to this priestly call. And, and it's actually the call of every believer. And I wanted to give you some practicals as to how to do that. And one way that can look like for you is, remember, reminding yourself that you're a stand between for you and your family, and your job, and, you know, where you're at. But uh, a, a practical in this is that um, I want to I challenge us to find a place weekly where we are personally getting with God at least two times for more than 15 minutes. Again, I told you it's going to be quick, and I want to respond to Jesus, but I just want to challenge you with these few uh, practicals. When we create a place to be with, with God and love on Jesus— in our own life, he begins to bleed out of us. And I know many of you know this, but there's something powerful about having a time with the Lord, loving on Jesus in your own life and in your family. And then something kind of shifts. And I want to encourage you to do a second thing. Have one time during the week where you pray out loud by yourself and with your family. And some of this stuff just feels like, man, this is so simple. But I'm giving you these things. And the fourth thing is, I want to challenge people in this place today who feel God pulling them in for more of his heart and to love him in a deeper way. The fourth thing I want to challenge you to do is find a time during the week to come into this prayer room and to get before the Lord with a couple of people and say, we're going to fix our hearts on Spring Grove and we're going to intercede on behalf of Spring Grove. We're going to be that stand between, go to Jesus who's at the right hand of the Father and we're going to commit ourselves to a few scriptures where we pray back the scriptures to Jesus and what he's promised over this region. And then we see it made known on the earth. That's the fourth thing. So you get with the Lord at least twice a week for 15 minutes. Sometimes being a dad, it's been one time for me in the past few weeks with traveling and stuff. But hey, two times, at least 15 minutes. When I get 15 minutes in and I'm praying, praying in the Holy Spirit, something happens where I end up wanting to spend at least two hours right? There's something that happens, and the Lord does something. You know, many, many people, why I'm, why I'm sharing these practicals is many people, I think, inside the charismatic movement, when they begin to pray out loud at an altar, they think they're getting filled with the Spirit, but they're actually just praying out loud, and it's actually a practice of the believer. And what happens is your heart gets so stirred, and it's this thing. It's like this tool, and again, God does fill every believer with His Spirit. I believe that, and I'm not saying anything about that. What I'm saying, are you catching what I'm saying? There's power in praying out loud. And so in our lives, we have to create this place with Jesus where we pray out loud, we get with God. You know, I don't know the husbands and the wives' relationships in this room, but husbands, I remember there was a time when it was awkward to pray with my wife out loud. But God's called us as men to lead our families. And until I made this a practice in my life, my intimacy with my wife and the intimacy with the Lord with my wife was awkward. And we can't have people who feel awkward to pray. Or we're not going to see what God's doing take its full effect in our nation. Amen? And all of this is on the, on the heels of what's been going on. Like last week, picture this. Last week, God shows up and touches a few of you. 
Many of you, I heard hundreds of people were getting touched by the Lord. How many of you know that we could continue there and we could stay there by loving on Jesus in our personal life? And many people, this is what happens, many people think that you get closer to God by being in a service or, you know, all these things, doing more. But the reality is, is the anointing of God rests on people's lives who have been with him. And we talk about anointing. There's this thing called oil that God pours on our life. I don't want to get into a teaching on oil, but many people try to become anointed or great leaders, but they're not willing to pay the cost of loving Jesus every day. And they're not willing to get on their knees, even if it's annoying, or get at their job when they're having trouble, to actually still continue in the ways of Christ, or when they're dealing with a personal sin issue. They're lazy, and they're blaming things on God, when in reality he's saying, get on your knees. And they're not living in their identity as a priest. And then we're coming in on Sunday morning, and we're, we're trying to get something from the leader. And all we're doing is consuming, but we're not living out the call of God over our life. There's a consuming, and, and praise God that this church loves Jesus, and this isn't a consumer house. I hope you're not a consumer. You know, I, I can come and, and, and say some things and go, praise God. So I'm sorry, Nathan, but I just felt in my heart, I just wanted to challenge you, don't be a consumer. Don't be a consumer of this place. Don't be a consumer of the years laid down in the secret place over Tyler's life. Don't do it. Come in and get touched, but let it lead you to this love, this man in the secret place. Are you catching me? Are you getting what I'm saying? Guys, the world doesn't need more people who know about God. Right now, the world doesn't need a lot of good Bible verses. They need to touch Jesus. And I don't know about you, but the more I try to, to do more for God, Nathan says it all the time, the further I get from God, it's the more that I love on Jesus. What does this look like? Daily prayer, get your worship out. Daily, getting with God, praying out loud, pray the scriptures. Open up this priesthood verse. If you come into the presence of the Lord, like, I don't even know what I'm doing today. I feel frustrated. I just want to go to the gym. No, no, no. Proclaim that you're a royal priesthood. Proclaim that you're a holy nation. Proclaim that there's an excellency in Christ that he's called you to walk in. Come on, guys. we got to grow up. we got to grow up. I, I, the main thing I feel called to is men. A lot of people don't know this. On Friday night, I was at a service and I got a prophetic word about raising up a generation of men who are pure and unto the Lord and not to the other things. The second it happened, I got so touched by Jesus. I started getting prayer. The Lord started speaking to me audibly. Why do I share it? Because it was all about this morning. God's so, he's so, he's so near. He's so, he's so intentional. He's so intentional. And why I said that is because we're, at, more than ever, we need men and women, but we need men to rise up in this hour. And I don't know about you, but if there would, to the men in this place for a second, if there would be anything in your heart that would keep you from looking a little weird for Jesus on the daily, you got to get rid of it, man. You just got to get rid of it. What do I look like? Man, change, what we're, change the way we're acting. Change what we're watching. And this is a little, just a little rabbit trail, but, but guys, there's, a, there's an unto the Lord lifestyle of voluntary love. And thank Jesus that there's not condemnation 
And he could, have, he could have died for us and said, now do it all. But Jesus does not force you. But there's this greater glory. Are you catching me? And you got to want the greater glory. you got to want it. I remember a few years ago, I was at our youth retreat with Phil, and I had this message that I preached. I don't know if you were there, but I just remember a few of us in the room, maybe Anna. I don't know if she's here, but. And the, the word was the ball's in your court. And I had a basketball, and I kept throwing it to people. And the whole service, I think I hit one kid in the head. It was really funny. You know, those youth, those youth moments. I think I dumped a, a Gatorade bottle in my head at one youth retreat. Somebody here would remember that. It was intentional, by the way. I remember the Lord touched some people. Why did I say all that? Because I, this morning I had the same picture. Just picture me tossing you a basketball. Picture this church. Picture this season. Every time we're here, I hear the Lord say, he's going to bless my brothers as, and I as we dwell in unity. But I have this thing that God's called me to do at another place. And every time I come here, the Lord says, deposit this. Do this. Say this. Not for my own sake, but because he's so specific to me. And I just want some of us today, if you're beginning to even feel like, man, this is a word for my season. I need more of God. Yes, and I want to actually take the responsibility. I just want to encourage you, lean in a little bit closer right now. Just lean in a little bit closer. What do I mean? Literally lean in. Change the posture of how you're sitting. Put down something at your seat and just lean in. Jesus is so tender and he's so loving. And he wants to speak to us and mark us today. You know, Cammie and I are worship leaders. And one of the things God spoke to us a few uh, years ago in this season as he's been teaching us like he does. Thank God I'm not, a, I'm not an established leader. I'm still one growing under those above me. Praise the Lord. Submitted. Amen. But one of the things God spoke is he said, you know, I'll just read it to you because I remember it really powerfully. Is the only time you worship me in front of others? He asked Cammy the same question. Is the only time you dance before me at the services? Is the only time that you read the Bible when someone asks you to read the word? And this began, a, this began something in us where we said, Lord, I'll get lost in a prayer room in South Florida with 20 people who don't care who knows their name in a generation of people who just want to promote themselves and will commit to getting lost in your love. And I just feel like this morning, this prophetic sense, and what I mean by prophetic is this next season here, I just feel like God is saying that this is a word for the next season. And I feel like God's just reaching out his arms this morning and saying, are you one of these priests is there, some, is there some greater depth in the word that you've got to get right now? Is there some more time with me that you've got to get right now? Are there some sacrifices of praise that you're letting Philip do for you that you're supposed to be over in the prayer room doing on Monday afternoon, releasing 
the, 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 the word of God back to him and so that he can then act on earth. But you're just being obedient. You don't need to be seen for it. Are you catching it? I think some of us, you know, we, we limit ourselves to who we know and, and the places that we're at. And, and I just felt the Lord, even, even on Sunday, just begin to speak to me that he wants to meet people in just such a, a real way to where Jesus begins to walk with you at your job. He begins to walk with you at, at college, at your school, and he begins to put people on your heart. Yeah, he puts people on your heart. He, he, he begins to touch you in a way, and he begins to say, he reminds you of this call that you have to be a stand between, between heaven and earth. Not someone who's existing and waiting for Sunday, but a stand between. An intercessor is a stand between. I said it. It's a priestly call. Here's Jesus. The right hand of the Father, he's making intercession for you, for your family. And this is maybe your kids. You have a family member, a mom in this place. You've been praying for your son for 20 years. Here's your son. This is Jesus. He's saying, priest, <laughs> priest before me. Intercede. Be the stand between. Take your authority. Take it up. And he's asking you, get between us and begin to contend. Begin to release prayer. Begin to, on Monday at 7 p.m., when you got off work and your family's somewhere else at sports, begin to get in the prayer room. Begin to get in your closet. Start to intercede. Ask the Father. Begin to release it. This is an invitation to more of God. See, many times we think more of God is a hand being laid on you or, or some cool speaker coming to Providence. But guys, more of God comes with being with Jesus. More of God comes with Jesus with us. And when we strive after the wrong thing, we spend years wasting time. And meanwhile, Spring Grove's over here shouting, where are the priests? Where are the royal priesthood? Come on. This isn't a condemnation moment. This is a call to battle. I'm throwing you a ball this morning. I feel like God's going to even begin, even now as they're playing, I feel like God's going to begin to speak to some of you that there's a moment during the week that you're going to message Phil or Tyler and you're going to say, hey, I got to start coming and gathering all the mothers in the house and beginning to pray for lost uh, loved ones. Maybe some dads who are really done with pornography and you know it's destroying your marriage. Come on. And you're going to come in with Tom who carries such a burden for this, and you're going to say, we're going to commit to intercede for the stronghold of pornography over providence. We're going to commit. We're going to go after this thing. Maybe you're a, a Gen Zer in the place, under 25, 26. Maybe God's been speaking to you about this next season, and he's saying sports and other things are not the fullness of what I have for you. Oh, what is he doing? He's calling you to the place of prayer. He's calling you to the place of love and intimacy. And guys, remember, it's in our affection that we get direction. It's in the affection that goes up before the Lord that he begins to move. Many of us, you know, we say, I'm really good at taking orders. Back to the men. Give me the task, babe. Give me the task. I got the task. Let me know what to do, right? The Lord, we approach the Lord the same way. God, give me the word. My wife's stressed. We don't have enough strength to handle our wife's anxiety problem. I don't know what it is for you, but you maybe don't have the strength to handle that or something else in your life. Don't ask for the plan. Ask for the man. 
Come on. That wasn't in the notes. I made that up. Come on, this isn't some business pitch this morning. He's really here, guys. Let's just, let's just close our eyes for a moment. Jesus, come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the lost one in this place who's never felt a touch from a real God in a real moment. Right now, I pray you grip their heart. Wherever they're at in this room, if they've come in and they're an atheist, touch their heart right now. Thank you, Lord, that because we are obedient in the place of prayer, you respond to the priest's call to say, come. So I just pray, come this morning. Holy Spirit, come right now over every heart, over every mind, every, every, every depressive thought. Thank you that you're the great high priest, and you love us so much. Reveal yourself, Jesus. Reveal yourself, Lord. Keep revealing yourself, Jesus. Just like in the prayer room, we'll sit with you for a moment. Reveal yourself, Jesus. Out loud, I'm, I'm proclaiming. You see, I'm priesting right now over you. Come on, release yourself, Lord. Release your presence over every heart here today. For that one that doesn't know what truth is, thank you that truth is a man. It's not a feeling. It's not an answer. It's not a book. Truth is a man. And what separates this house is the man named Jesus. It's not the right worship leader. In the name of the Lord, I just cancel that assignment right now over this house. It's the man, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the priestly anointing that you've put on this house. You've made a way by the blood of Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, Lord, I thank you. Lord, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have a confidence to enter into the holy place of the Lord. This isn't hard to understand. It's a new living way opened up for us through the crucifixion of Jesus, his body. We took communion. Now let him love you. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.